Yeah, please remain standing as we continue with this uh, call to worship. As a church, we've been making our way through the Psalms. The Psalms are the prayer book of the people of God. And the Psalms can be used to shape our prayer life, to shape our thoughts as we come before God in worship. So for today, we are going to be reading and uh, listening from God's Word from Psalm 58. And Psalm 58 speaks of our true God who opposes idols and other gods. He will not tolerate idolatry and sets himself against them. So listen as I read Psalm 58. Psalm 58 verse 1. Justice, do you rulers know the meaning of the word? Do you judge the people fairly? No. You plot injustice in your hearts. You spread violence throughout the land. These wicked people are born sinners. Even from birth, they have lied and gone their own way. They speed venom like deadly snakes. They are like cobras that refuse to listen. Ignoring the tunes of the snake charmers, no matter how skillfully they play, break off their fangs, O God. Smash the jaws of these lions, O Lord. The godly will rejoice when they see injustice avenged. They will wash their feet in the blood of the wicked. Then at last, everyone will say, there is truly is a reward for those who live for God. Surely, there is a God who judges justly here on earth. Let us pray. Father, we want to thank you that you are a just God. Um, Lord, even though sometimes we see on this earth there are things that will not go the way we like it to go, we see injustice happening, Lord. But Lord, we know that ultimately you are just God. You will judge fairly. And Lord, we know that you have judged our sin in Christ Jesus. The sin, uh, the debt for our sins that we are meant to pay, Jesus has paid it all for us. So Lord, we thank you that you are not only a just God, you are a good God. And we thank you for the gift of Jesus to pay for our sins. Lord, we pray that as a church, as we come before you this afternoon, we pray that your spirit will prepare our hearts so that our hearts and our affections are towards you. Lord, we ask that you seal our hearts and affections towards you. May we continue in this time, as we continue this time of worship, to magnify your name. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's continue this time praising God, this God who judges uh, justly, this God who loves us, who gave his son for us. Let's sing, give praise to God who reigns above. Stand 
steadfast counselor. Come lift your voice to heaven's high throne and glory give to God alone. Nothing exists that God might need for all things good from Him proceed. We praise Him as our Lord and yet we never place God in our debt. Come lift your voice to heaven's high throne and glory give to God alone. Creation, life, salvation to both good and true come from and through our God always and fill our hearts with grateful praise come lift your voice to hands high throne and glory give to God alone my hope is found he is my light my strength my song this cornerstone this solid ground firm through the fiercest drought and storm what heights of love what depths of peace when fears are still when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless babe, this gift of love. Righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save till on that cross as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied for every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ, I live. stands in victory since curse has lost his grip on me for I am his and he is mine bought with the precious blood of Christ and that's his name. 
to life, no fearing death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's the cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever blot me from his hand. me home, here in the power of Christ I stand, till He returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ I'll stand. Amen. Please be seated. Okay, it's so good to see you all here today in God's house, and this is a special part of our service. Um, You're here today because we're going to get to do a baby dedication, and uh, it was noted in the church office, this is the largest group we've ever had in the church, and so this is really a big day. We have 12 families who will be dedicating 13 children to the Lord, amen, and we're so happy for that, and we praise God. All the way. You know, in the Bible, uh, we are told in Psalms 127.3 that children are a gift of the Lord. And so what this means is that in the goodness and grace of the Lord, He has given uh, children as a gift to their parents. Now, with this gift, of course, comes great responsibility because you have responsibility to care for the gift, but you also have the joy and the privilege of enjoying the gift. And so, uh, these are the two things that come to mind. The Bible records in 1 Samuel chapter 1 that Hannah presented herself to the Lord and prayed to the Lord that if should he give her a son, that she would dedicate him to the Lord for his plans and for his purposes all the days of his life. In Luke chapter 2, we also know that Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the temple and presented themselves and Jesus to the Lord as well. So today, these parents present themselves and their sons and daughters before the Lord. And in doing so, what are they doing? They're showing their desire and dependence on God to fulfill their parental responsibilities. They also uh, take special note that this also pertains to bringing up their children in the nurture and knowledge of God which is a part that the church has uh, also can participate. And so this is a very, very important moment in the lives of the families and also in the life of the uh, GBC family. Now, we've had to alter things a little bit because there is such a large group. And so what I'd like to do is usually at the end of the service, we would have the parents, or during the service, we would have the parents Um, agree to a covenant with God. And so this time, though, I'm going to have them uh, hear the covenant and agree to it before they come up, all right, before they come up. So this is the covenant that the parents are making with the Lord. And so what I expect you to do is just like at your wedding, you'll say, we do, all right? And uh, and this this would be what will happen. So the first thing, a part first part of this covenant is this. Do you recognize your responsibility as parents 
And do you bring your children in dedication to the Lord in the presence of these witnesses as a sign of your dependence on divine help to fulfill your parental duties? If so, would you parents please say, we do? Ah, uh, a little weak. Would I hear that again? All right. Now, the second part is, do you solemnly commit yourselves to seek to break up your child in the nurture and knowledge of God? If so, would you say, we do? Oh, we're batting 100%. All right. Number three, do you commit yourselves to use all the resources available to teach and lead your child both to experience a personal relationship with Christ and to develop a Christ-like character? If so, would you say we do? Amen. And the last part, do you faithfully commit yourselves to try to provide the home life and the church experience that will shape the kind of environment that will help and enable your child to profess Christ as Lord and to serve him? If so, would you say we do? Amen. All right. So by this, we're going to start uh, our dedication time, and I'm going to call up three families at a time. And they'll come up with the grandparents if they're here, all right? And aunties, uncles, and good friends uh, will honor you also, but you can remain seated where you are, all right? Okay, so first of all, the first group is Samuel and Jess with baby Josiah and their grandparents. Okay. Charles and Felicia Bay and their daughter Stephanie, would they please come? Okay, could you be over there? Charles and Felicia, could you be right in the middle? And last but not least is uh, Wei Chin and Wei Ching. Would you please come? And their baby daughter, Kayla. All right. Thank you so much. Okay, we want to make everybody feel at home. So, Sam, would you please introduce your, the grandparents? Um, my father-in-law, Kam Wing. Mother-in-law, Mei Quen. My father, Bei Su Hee. <laughs> my mother, Bei Kit Wan. Myself, my wife, Jess, and my son, Josiah. Amen. All right. Are there any other aunties, uncles, or dear friends that are here? Would you please stand so we can recognize you and acknowledge you? A little, stand a little taller. There we go. All right. Welcome, welcome. Okay. Would you like to introduce your parents? My parents, Mordecai Chua and Mary Dim, <laughs> uh, and Stephanie Bay, our daughter, my husband, Charles. Okay, thank you so much. All right, and you said that uh, you weren't able to make it today, so that's okay. But uh, are there any friends of Charles and Felicia that are here, that are in the audience? Would you please stand? Any dear friends, aunties, uncles? Okay. Oh, okay, there you are. You're the aunties and uncles. They're related, obviously. Okay, very good. And then any of your friends able to come today? Okay, all right. All right, if you join me now in prayer, uh, I'd like to pray for uh, each of you at this time. Father, as we come together, we know how special this moment is, not only for the parents, but also for the grandparents. We pray, Father, that you would bless each family unit We pray, Father, that you would bless Samuel and Jess and their precious son, Josiah. That you would bless, Father, Charles and Felicia and their precious daughter, Stephanie. 
And Father, we know that you have already blessed and will continue to bless Wei Chin and Wei Ching and their daughter, Kayla. There's so many things we can pray for. We know that. And so little time. But yet, each request for each family applies to all the children this morning and this afternoon. And so we want to pray that you would continue your good hand of provision and protection upon each of these children. We live in a very dangerous world. We live in a world that is constantly changing and situations are not always stable. And so, Lord, we pray that you will watch out for the families and for these children. For the parents especially, Lord, we know that all of them are work and, Father, have great responsibilities. We pray, Father, that they will be able to have the wisdom and, Father, the courage to make the tough choices. So as working parents, they will have time for their children. We know, Lord, that this is a great challenge in this time and day. And so, Lord, we need your help. We need your wisdom to help us to see this through. Thank you, dear Lord, for each and every family and each and every child. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. You can go back to your seats. Sure. Thank you. All right. The next group is uh, Chuan Wei, Melissa, Kuang Chao, and Stephanie, and uh, Chuan Sin and Peixin. Uh, Chuan Wei and Melissa are coming up with their son, Joshua. Uh, Kuang Chao and Stephanie are coming up with their son, D Clan Jr. And Chuan Sin and Peixin are coming up with their daughter, Yi Ru. Is he here? Oh, there he is. The father's coming. No? Okay. All right. Sudden change. All right. Are there any grandparents that are here or any uh, aunties and uncles that we can recognize in the audience? Okay. Thank you so much. So can you tell me how, how old is uh, your son now, uh, Joshua? Eleven and a half. Eleven and a half years old? Months. <laughs> A L- little small. <laughs> okay. And how old is D-Clan? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Okay. And who's this beautiful one? What's her name? Nicolista. Calista. Calista. All right. All right. Well, you know, when you dedicate these babies, it's a family affair. And so we have to bring all the siblings up also at the same time. Well, let's pray together. Father, again, we thank you so much for these precious lives. We know, Lord, that you are the author of life. And, Father, in your hands are the days of each person. Father, we pray for Kong and Melissa and their son Joshua. And we pray for Kong Chao and Stephanie and their son Di Clan. And we pray for Chuan Sin and Patient as well and their child Yi Rule. Father, we pray and thank you for blessing these households with these precious lives. And we pray, Father, that they too will have homes of faith, love, and hope. We know, Lord, that in this very negative world, that, Father, it's sometimes hard to have enough faith to trust you. 
It's sometimes very dark and very dreary and hard to have hope. But, Father, we pray that you will give them all of that and more. Thank you, Father, again for them. And, Lord, watch over them carefully. We know you love them, and you, we know that they are dear to you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all. If you could go back to your seats. Now, while they're taking the picture, uh, I should explain that uh, Chuan Sen's uh, father, Bruce Mock, uh, two days ago, he, had, uh, take, he was taken to the hospital. He had an aneurysm. And so uh, they, he was worked on for almost an entire day in a op- very serious operation. I'm here to tell you that he is doing very well, and he's even up and walking around already. And so we are so thankful to the Lord for that. So you can please understand why the family couldn't be here today for the dedication. Okay, the next group, Toshi and Andrea and their daughter Akiko, Joseph and Ashley, their son Isaiah, Vincent and Sachi, and their son Micah. And would their grandparents please come also if they're here. He's cooperating very well. Okay, are they all here? Almost. Okay, Toshi, could you introduce Andrew's parents? Uh, this is my father-in-law, Philip, uh, my mother-in-law, Joyce. Uh, this is my father, Uncle Shige, and my mother, Auntie Kitty. Yeah. <laughs> and my wife, Andrea, and uh, Akiko, yes. Okay, thank you. All right. Joseph and Ashley, this is your dear son, Isaiah. All right. I don't know how many of you noticed this, but the boys all have biblical names. Did you notice that? So it's very interesting. This crop has chosen biblical names, and his name is Isaiah. Okay, Vincent, would you please introduce your... Hi, everyone. Um, My mother-in-law, Emiko. This is my wife, Sachi. Uh, My son, Micah, and Vincent. Okay, very good. Thank you. Are there any friends or aunties or uncles in the audience that we should... uh, Oh, there's one uncle in the back there waving his hands. And there's a dear friend here. Thank you so much. Okay, oh, there's another one back there. All right, thank you so much. Is that a grandparent? Uh, Would you please come forward? This is Joseph's parents, Mr. and Mrs. Ng. Would you please come forward? We are so glad to have them here, Mr. Ng. Good to see you, sir. Good to see you. Yes, please. Okay, let's pray together. Father, as we have prayed for the other families and we have prayed for each child, we know, Lord, that in this world especially Christian parents, need to persevere. Having children, Father, is not a one-week deal, not a one-month deal, not a one-year deal. But, Father, we see them through all the days of their lives. And, Father, we know that it takes great perseverance to see our children go through these times and to be with them. And also, Lord, these are times when the parents, grandparents, families have to be patient. And so, Lord, 
just like we know that you are long-suffering. We pray that you'll give each of these parents, Toshi and Andrea for Akiko, Joseph and Ashley for Isaiah, Vincent and Sachi for Micah, that you give them great perseverance and patience in these times. And so that in the right time, in your time, O oh Lord, that their children will come to know you as their personal Savior and Father will be able to walk with you and to glorify you. Thank you, Father, for these families, these parents, and these children. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please go back to your seat. Okay, thank you. Okay. All right. Last but not least, we have this uh, group, Cherming and Cecilia and their children, Matthew and Natalie. We have Percy and Tanya and their son, Jeremiah, and Aaron and Angel and their son, Seth. And would their grandparents come with them also? Jermaine, would you introduce your parents, please? Uh, my dad, Chong Tian, my mom, Ching Si, my wife, Cecilia, um, my daughter, Natalie, and my son, Matthew. Okay. Great. All right. Percy, I think you should introduce your dear wife to us. Not many in the congregation know who she is. This is Tanya, my wife, and I'm Percy, and this is little Jeremiah. Okay. Thank you. Fantastic. All right. Aaron, would you please introduce? Hi, uh, my father-in-law, Leilion Kay, uh, Kitty Chan, my mother-in-law, and my wife, Angel, and my boy here, Seth, and you, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Catherine. All right, let's pray for them, please. Father, we know that in these days and times, it's so hard sometimes to figure out what is a godly man or woman to be. What do they do? And so, Father, we pray that you would provide for these dear children and parents. You would provide for them great examples of godly parents. Godly examples that they can copy, that they can follow that they can see the faith in the flesh. We pray, Father, that you would give them sound teaching under the word of God, that there'll be many opportunities for that to happen for both themselves as parents and also for their children. And Lord, we also want to pray for endurance. We know, Father, that perseverance is one thing. Endurance is also another we know that we can be taken to the very last lap. And Father, sometimes we just want to stop. We just don't want to go any further. 
But Lord, we pray that you will give all of these families and the children the endurance, Father, to run the race. We pray, Father, for love. We pray, Father, that love will, be, will reign in their homes. Love for God and love for one another. And Father, that their homes will be great environments for everyone to grow and blossom in their faith and in life. Thank you again, dear Lord, for your presence among us. And Father, your promises to us. In Jesus' name, amen. You can go back to your seats after he takes a picture. Amen. Thank you. We mentioned earlier that we as a church family also have a responsibility. You've just heard through the prayers, you've heard that it's a great responsibility these parents have. And very frankly, they can't do it by themselves. And I think that's one reason why God has brought them here to GBC. So we can help, so that we can be a support for them. So as a church family, I'm going to ask you to make a promise. And at the conclusion of it, if this would be your heart's desire and you're letting, being led by the Lord, I hope you will answer, we do. This is our covenant to the parents before God. Because the responsibilities of, this parents, of these parents is so great and cannot be accomplished by them alone, as God gives us the love ability, and opportunity, may we earnestly come alongside these parents to pray, help, and support them in the Christian training of their children. If you as a family member, dear friend, and or member of GBC, would you be willing to do so? If so, would you say we do? Amen. Amen. I hope that will encourage all you parents. You've got a lot of helpers and a lot of free babysitting if you want it, okay? Okay, I'll turn this time back over to Oliver. Wow, we certainly have a lot of babies here with us this afternoon. But children, I miss you are also not forgotten. Okay, before we dismiss you for your own children's program, uh, let me just uh, share what the... Let me just share what the children ministry lesson is for today. For the two years old to P2, they're going to cover all nations are to worship God out of Acts 10. For the P3 to P6 in our midst, you'll be talking about tabernacle, priests, and sacrifices, and uh, how God has provided an intercessor for His people and a means to atone for your sins. So the young ones in our midst, you can be dismissed for your children's program. Okay, for the rest of us, uh, there are a couple of announcements, so if you have your bulletins, please pull out your bulletins and uh, uh, have a look at the announcements. Firstly, there will be an English congregational meeting on the 22nd of May. So members, please collect a copy of the EC meeting agenda from the ashes if you have not taken it last week. Also, after the service, you can, please, uh, you can pick up a copy of the biodata for Ian and Sherry. Okay? Uh, I think this was also um, asked... Uh, some members want to know more about Ian and Sherry. So we have provided the bio data. 
uh, please collect it, uh, one per family. Uh, whoever's interested, you can pick it up. Also, uh, we invite you to stay for the town hall. There'll be a town hall today after the service at 5 p.m. Uh, this will be a meeting um, so that we can uh, prepare ourselves and discuss about the election of Reverend Dr. Yen Banten, who will be held on the 22nd of May. Uh, this town hall, all members and attenders uh, are welcome to attend. Uh, if we turn to the inside, uh, there will be no discipleship seminars today in the light of the town hall. Uh, so the discipleship seminars, they are on recess till 3rd July. Meet God Midweek continues this week, uh, Tuesday, 17th May, 8pm uh, at Level 5 Bethesda Church, Bukit Arang. Lastly, please note there will be a prayer, monthly prayer meeting on Friday, 27th May from 8pm to 9.30pm at the Baptist Centre. We encourage all members as well as uh, attenders to attend this prayer meeting. At this point here, I would like to invite the ushers and stewards to come forward to collect the tithes and offering. There will be two bags. The red bag is for general offering and the green bag is for the rebuilding fund. to you and boast of deeds I've done in my pride I strive to earn the favor Christ has won he alone pleads my acceptance all my works aside so I come hands and I cling to Christ Father I can go astray and battle needless fears voices tell me I'm condemned and Let 
me learn that loss is gain for those who know your love. All the treasures of this world will never satisfy. You alone are endless joy, so I cling to joy so I cling to Christ please stand for the doxology now read from uh, God's word together from Psalms chapter 1 Psalm chapter 139 verses 13 to 17 For you formed my inward parts you knitted me together in my mother's womb I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made Wonderful are your works my soul knows it very well My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret Intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them. The days were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Let us sing this next song together. He'll 
Sometimes I get asked by people and said, how is it that you've been in the ministry so long? I mean, it seems to be so difficult sometimes. And I said, yeah, but it's got a lot of perks. And they say, well, like what? I said, hey, I get to do weddings. I get to do baby dedications. This is one of the perks of the job. And I really enjoy all of these great privileges that come with being a pastor. And I thank the Lord for this wonderful opportunity. Now, today we have just witnessed and participated in a very special moment in the life of our church and the life of these families. As the parents presented themselves and their children to the Lord, they reflect the same kind of heart's desire that the mother of the prophet Samuel had uh, for her son back in 1 Samuel chapter 1. And we mentioned this earlier. She would do all that she could do to see that her son would belong to God and serve him all the days of his life. Children are, a pre- are precious to God. Make no mistake about it. They are. God doesn't overlook children like sometimes we adults do. Sometimes we think children uh, should be uh, seen but not heard. Uh, they could be there with us but not really with us, okay? And things like that. But they're really precious. And to God, children are precious. How do we know this? Well, in Psalms 127, verses 3 to 5, we see how precious children are. The verses read this, Psalms 127, verses 3 to 5. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. So children are precious to the Lord. However, if we were to get a modern day version of how some parents feel about their children, this verse, this passage may, be, uh, may look like this. Lo, children are a burden from the Lord. And the fruit of the womb must be his way of testing us. As a source of endless work and continual aggravation, so are the children of one's youth. Unhappy is the man who hears his neighbor ask, Do all of those kids belong to you? That might be a modern day version of this passage, because that's how some people really feel about their kids. But that isn't how God feels about children. And so let's get a little bit deeper into this. It's clear that the context is a little bit important. The context tells us God is critical and central to all endeavors in human life. Well, like what? For example, he says in verse 1, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. And so if we're into a building project, we're not about physical building, perhaps maybe about building our families, building our careers, building our, our, our uh, reputations, whatever the case may be. If God's not in it, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. 
And then he says, in protecting. They, unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. <laughs> you, can have all the, you can have all the guards you want. But if, they're not, uh, if, if uh, God isn't in it, then their work is in vain. Also, in terms of uh, earning a living, it is vain for you to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep, he says. So you can work as hard as you want. It was like this verse was written for Singapore. (laughs) You work all the time. You work long, hard hours. But if God is not in it, your work is in vain, he says. And also, when it comes to children, if God is not in it, when we raise our children, we are raising in vain. And so, please, remember that principle. The point is that any endeavor done independently of God is futile, is futile. God is critical and central to all areas of life. As God's people, our attitudes and actions should be the same as our Heavenly Father. And we have to keep him involved. We have to keep him engaged in every area of our lives. All human effort and hard work for God's people will accomplish, will accomplish much more when God is in it and blessing it. And I hope that this is something that all of us will grasp and all of us will seek to uh, engage uh, in. And whether we have children of our own or they're children of other people that we know. We want to have God involved. Well, how does God see children? There's two words that he uses that are very special. First of all, children are seen as a gift from the Lord. Psalms 127.3, the first part. Now, the word gift here, it literally means heritage from the Lord. Now, why didn't they just say heritage? I think they were trying to help us to understand the value of this. They are God's blessing to parents. Not only to parents, but also to generations past and, gener- and present. In Proverbs chapter 17, verse 6, it says, Grandchildren are the crown of old men, and the glory of their sons is their fathers. And so God has this generational perspective of what he is doing when he gives children to families. He's not just concerned about satisfying your particular biological clock needs or the fact that you want to have children like everybody else around, but he has a bigger picture. The bigger picture is he wants to bless all generations with with these children. Now, how does this work? Through children, God preserves the best of the past and present generations and passes it on to future generations. Did you get that? Did you get that? Did you hear that? Through children, God preserves the best of past and present generations and passes it on to future generations. This is how God looks at children. He has this marvelous view. He has this high view. And that's why he calls it a gift. You know, our children are our legacy that we leave for future generations. Long after you and I are gone, we will be known more for our children, that, for the children we leave, than for the personal achievements that we attain. Besides just the material, what's, what's it's important, our spiritual legacy is even more important. 
because they will be the ones who will pass this on to future generations. One time I met a very well-to-do person, and not being a well-to-do person myself, I was always interested in what do well-to-do people think about, you know? So I said, what occupies your mind and your efforts and, your, your eff- and your, all your hard work? He says, I want to leave a, a legacy. I want to leave material legacy for my children and my grandchildren so they will not see hunger all the days of their life. That's why he worked so hard. That's why he worked so hard. And I said, wow, that's fantastic. Then in my mind, I turned, I, and in my heart, I felt compelled to ask him, I says, well, what about their spiritual legacy? And he was stumped, and he stopped. And he says, spiritual legacy? Yeah, and he, he says, well, I don't think that's particularly important. I, I, I think that it's more important that I provide for them materially. So I'm thinking here, and I'm asking, Lord, what do I say to this very well-to-do and accomplished person? And I said, you know, the spiritual legacy is even more important because with a spiritual legacy, all of you will be together in heaven together. And he didn't, it just dawned on him how important a spiritual legacy is that our children and grandchildren know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Because then we will really be united together as a family. And so God sees children as a gift from him for past, present, and future generations. Another thing that God sees, God sees children as a reward, as a reward. This is Psalms 127, and starting with verse, uh, in the second part of verse 3. Again, this word reward, don't let it throw you. It does not mean something earned or deserved, but freely given to the generous decision of the giver. Okay? Now, notice here, twice, twice, not once, but two times, God was very careful to tell us that children are a blessing for him. Just when it looks like our little bundle of joy is turning into a sleep stealer, a house wrecker, and a schedule destroyer. Remember that God wants to see him as a reward and a gift from him. Now, like all rewards from the Lord, we need to be thankful for them, and we need to appreciate them, and we need to take care of them. This goes without saying, you would think. Well, this verse has become very troublesome to some people. Why? Because they look at this verse and they say, Oh, children are a gift. Children are a reward from God. I don't have children. Therefore, God must be judging me or punishing me. You see how troublesome that can be? It can be very hurtful. And I've noticed that this is something that has actually, in my generation, they were seen quite prominently because of all the fancy chemicals and all the drugs and medications that were available, people were finding it harder to conceive. And so they were, they were going through this. They were wrestling with this. And they had in the back of their mind this idea that perhaps being childless was some kind of punishment or judgment from God. But I would point out very quickly, whenever you come to verses like this, don't overdo the interpretation. 
Stick with what it plainly says. Don't try to read between the lines or add lines to the scriptures. Those without children are often rewarded with something else. Well, you say like what? Well, I look at people who don't yet have children or maybe they don't have children and I envy them. I say, you have been rewarded with a lot more time and energy <laughs> than those who have children, right? Those, those parents out here today who have uh, put so much time and energy into their children, they know, they, they crave, they wish for a reward of time and energy. Those who do not have children often find ways to become aunties and uncles with, of those without parents. That is a wonderful reward. That's a wonderful reward. And so they have opportunities to find ways to show the love of God to the children of the world, if you will, if they want to, you see. And so the reward of God, there's not just one reward. There's, just, there's not just one kind of reward, such as having children. There are many kinds of rewards. And it's up to God to decide which one he will give us, which one he will give us. And if he doesn't give you this one, he'll give you something else. And so this is where our trust comes in to the Lord. So God sees children as a gift. He sees them as a reward. But God also sees children as arrows. As arrows. Look at that. In verse 21, uh, chapter, uh, Psalms 127, verses 4 to 5. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Now, Bible scholars argue about this, okay? They can't all agree, but I happen to think they're both right, all right? For example, there's a set of scholars that would say this refers to the child's role as a protector of his parents in old age. Yeah, that's a good thought. And as I'm nearing closer to old age, I'm looking forward to collecting, all right? <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. And then there's also a group of scholars who believe that the imagery has to do with the fact that arrows have to be made and directed. They have to be made and directed. Now, made means shaped and molded. God gives us children as like, let's say, raw material that needs to be carefully shaped and molded. Okay? Now, I know some of you say to yourself, oh, my child, oh, my goodness, they have a temper already. They came out of the womb screaming, hollering, demanding this and that and the other. That's just the beginning. That's raw material. You have to work with it. You have to work with it. You have to shape it and mold it. For the short time that we have them, God entrusts them to refine them for his glory. Okay? And we shape our children by molding their character and their conduct, shaping their minds and the, and the hearts of our children. Now, I know that sometimes, as parents, we get distracted. And so we feel that our responsibility, our emphasis, should be on what? It should be on helping our children to achieve, to accumulate, and accomplish. And that's all we care about. That's all we care about. But to God, what's important is who a child is. Who a child is, okay? Is who he is as a person. Is he honest? Is he loyal? Is he dependable? Those kinds of character traits. You see, with God, there's something very interesting in his word. When you look at his word, and he talks about development, 
He always talks about being over doing. Being who you are precedes doing. If you are the right person, you will do the right things, okay? If you're not the right person, you'll do whatever you want, you see? And so this is what God is, wants us to be concerned with, is developing our children as to who they are. Directed means aimed. Are we aiming too low for our children? Oh, I know. I'm going to probably my email box is going to get filled up this week. But, you know, sometimes as parents, I have to believe that we aim too low for our children. Like, for example, when we started having children, uh, people were asking Effie and myself, they would say, uh, what do you hope for your children? And I would jokingly see, say that they stay out of jail. Now, that's a pretty low, <laughs> that's a pretty low goal, don't you think? Something like that. But then sometimes parents, when you say, what are you aiming for your children to have? They would say something like this, a good education. Nothing wrong with that. A good job. Oh, certainly nothing bad about that. A good spouse, perhaps. That's good. Maybe good children. Oh, that would be very nice. And then good health. And we say to ourselves, that is it. If we can tick off each of these, we've made it. That's all I aim for my children. But I would challenge you to say that perhaps we're aiming too low by just going for these. For example, it would be better to aim higher by preparing our children to be people who, who uh, have the Lord and glorify the Lord and eventually change the world with the gospel. Now, that is a worthy goal. That is a worthy go. And that can take you anywhere. That can open up all kinds of possibilities. Think about it. When we aim to, have, to raise our children so that their times and talents and treasures for, can be used by God and they can uh, do great and mighty things in this world, this would be great. This would be great. There's a story in Texas. You, you won't, you people won't know this person's name. His name is R.G. Letourneau, okay? And R.G. Letourneau, at the beginning of the 20th century, he was a master inventor and businessman, all right? He was one of the first true entrepreneurs of the, of the, of the industrial age in America. What did he do? Oh, nothing much. He just invented huge earth-moving machines, kind of like the ones that Caterpillar manufactures and stuff like that. But he was the first. He was the first. He came to know Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. And when he became an adult and he had so many setbacks, he realized that God had a special purpose for him in life. And his, the light bulb went on in his head when one day his pastor said to him, R.G., God can use businessmen too. And that just lit a fire under him. He went on, he went on to establish a college, a university. He went on to do many great works. But probably his most notable characteristic was he made the promise that he would only live on 10% of what he made and 90% of what he made went into God's work. 
Now, isn't that amazing? That was the kind of man that he was. And because of him, so many things for the sake of the gospel were accomplished. This is what I'm saying. Yes, yes, if your child has a talent for business, hone that talent and cut them loose to go after it for the glory of God. If your child has a mind for science, develop it, turn them loose, and let them go for it so for the glory of God. If he has aptitudes for sports even, develop it, turn them loose for the glory of God. God could use a Christian athlete. God can use a Christian scientist. God can use a Christian businessman. You see, this is who we ought to be aiming for for our children, that they would be men and women of God who would glorify him with their time, talents, and treasures. Now, how do we shape and mold and direct our children in different ways? You know, people look at our family, and I I guess it's pretty hard to ignore my family, okay? (laughs) I got seven daughters, seven son-in-laws, and... uh, You thought I had 16 grandchildren. I now have 17 as of Thursday. Effie's in the United States with our 17th uh, grandbaby. And if you're keeping count, okay, if you're keeping count, we have three granddaughters, and the rest are all grandsons, okay? And so what happens is that people ask sometimes, uh, they look at our family, and they say, wow, well, for sure, all of your kids are not in jail, so you've accomplished that part of it. But but they seem to be doing so well. And they'll say, what was, the, what was the recipe? What did you do? Well, I think it's, I don't mean to minimize it, but I think basically, first, it's by our words. It's by our words. This involves our instruction, teaching, and as they got older, our advising and coaching, okay? Now, some of you out here have older children, and some of you have said, my children don't listen to me anymore. Well, they're listening to you. They're just not doing what you tell them. That's all. There's a difference, okay? So you have to shift gears, and you have to understand you are now an advisor. You are now a coach. They can choose whether or not they want to take your advice or not when they're adults, okay? But when they're younger, that's when you nail them, okay? That's when you teach them and instruct them by your words. But then it's also by your works, It's your actions, your behavior, reactions, and responses to children. Uh, I had to learn this the hard way. Uh, When I started out as a parent, I was a rookie. I was really a rookie. Even though I came from a family of nine, you know, I was still a rookie when it came to my own children. And so one time I lost my temper in front of my kids, and uh, my wife pulled me aside in another room, and she said, you know, you got to watch out how you behave. Because the children are watching, and they're going to start copying it if you're not careful. And if we reprimand them, they're going to say, well, Daddy does it. And that was like a revolution. I had to make sure that my words and my works matched. And so that's how we kind of influenced our children. And I hope that this will be a help for you when you come to that time when you're trying to figure out how you're going to raise your children. Now, let me quickly say that this is not a fail-safe formula. This is not a fail-safe formula. When it comes to raising children, there are no fail-safe formulas. 
If some guy's trying to sell you a book that says fail-safe methods for raising your children, I got a bridge I want to sell you, okay? I got a bridge I want to sell you. I got a deal, hot deal I want to sell you. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it because there are no fail-safe formulas. I used to give parenting seminars, and I would say parenting is more like, um, more like farming than it is like uh, cooking, because in cooking, you follow a recipe, right? You follow a recipe. And so if you're baking cookies you, and you put all the ingredients together, you put it in at the right temperature for the right amount of time, you're pretty much going to come out with cookies. But you know, it's more like farming because a farmer can work really hard, plant all the right seeds and everything, and then in come the storms, in comes all the festations and all this other stuff, and it's all wiped out. That's the way it is with parenting kids. You see, you can put all the right ingredients together, but you just can't control all of the conditions. You can't do it, you see? And so there are no fail-safe formulas for raising children. But, but if you stick with it, you stick with God's principles, you'll have a much better chance. By prayer, you seek God's grace and mercies. By your life, you live courageously and faithfully as an example. Now, some of our children will choose a different path. Some of our children will choose. So far, our children have not shown that tendency, but they have shown that temptation, (laughs) okay? And so we have to be alert and be very careful. But my word to you is don't give up. Don't give up on them. Keep the doors open. Keep loving. Keep praying. And you'll be surprised what God can do about children who choose a different path. So, aim for your children to be a blessing. If you look at the second part of verse 5, it says, having a quiver full of them is a blessing. Now, again, I have people who say, oh, pastor, pray for us. I say, oh, sure, absolutely. What would you like me to pray for? Well, we really would like to have another child, okay? And, and I would say, okay, God, I, can, I can pray for that. You know, and they say, we've been praying for a really long time. And somehow God has only chosen to give us one, two, or however many. And they say, it, doesn't the Bible say that a man, is, a person is blessed if they have a quiver full of them? You know, and stuff like that. So they seem to think that because you have a quiver, you have a blank check for how many kids you can have. But then I quickly remind them, quivers come in different sizes. <laughs> quivers come in different sizes. And God is the one who knows how big your quiver ought to be, okay? God knows how big your quiver ought to be and how many arrows should be in there, okay? So let God determine how many children. Well, people say, again, that's easy for you to say, Pastor, because you have so many. The running joke used to be with people who know us, our good friends, they would say, you're a pharmacist, right? This is when I was a pharmacist. And I say, yeah. And they said, don't you know what causes this? You know, why, why did you keep having children? And I just said, I don't know. It just happened, you know? And the thing is, I've been really blessed. Effie's not here, so I can say that. I've really been blessed with a fantastic wife. And she can handle a lot. She can handle a lot. She can handle crying children. She can handle hurt children. She can handle stubborn children. She can handle them all. You know, but not all of us are so blessed. 
right? So sometimes God has to step in and control the size of the quiver and control the size of the number of arrows that go in it. And if it's left to me, I want to trust God because he knows better than I do. So please, don't overstep, don't overread uh, this particular thing. So children are not a bother or burden to us as parents. They are a sacred trust that God has placed in our care to shape, mold, and direct for God's plans and purposes. Okay? So will all of this make a difference? I hope it will. Will this make a difference? Yes, it will. Knowing that God has intended to, our children to be a blessing to all generations, what can we do as parents and as a church family? First of all, you should acknowledge your child as a gift from God. They really belong to him, and we ought to dedicate them to the Lord. They were a gift from God. You know, children can sense when we don't value them much. They can tell by our facial expressions. They can tell by our body language. They can tell by our tone of voice. And I'm not sure how you treat your children. I'm not sure how you behave in front of your children. But I would encourage you that are you, you are sending negative vibrations to your child. You ought to change your ways. Consider them as a, as a gift from God. Number two, accept your role as molder and maker and earnestly seek God's help for your children in the midst to glorify God. Okay? Accept your role as a molder and maker. Now, I was thinking again about this, and the building program has been on my mind a little bit. And did you know that the building program is going to have a fairly good-sized nursery? Okay? Not a gigantic one, but we'll take care of that in the future. But it's going to have a fairly good-sized nursery. And we're going to need nursery workers. We're going to need people to get in there and help. And if you think being a nursery worker is something beneath you or something like that, just remember you're a molder and maker. Just remember you're a molder and maker. And you can help shape these children. Number three, you can actively attempt to do all you can to help our children be all that God wants them to be, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. How? By praying and proclaiming and portraying godly truths and character and conduct. We need more teachers in the Sunday school and junior worship right now. But you know, I'm looking ahead, and I'm thinking that when we get the new building eventually, there's going to be more need than ever for these kinds of people. We need more people who are willing to step up and uh, help our children be all they can be spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Okay? Now, today is a good reminder and a start in the right direction as some of our parents in the church publicly acknowledge and accept their duties and seek God's wisdom to carry them out. Okay? This is all good. Now, as you leave here, please leave with this thought. Children are not a bother or a burden. They are a precious blessing. Okay? They're not a burden. They're not a bother. But they're a blessing. And they can be a blessing that can bring honor to us, to themselves, and to future generations. But most importantly, to God. I had a dear friend who had, he, uh, he was a fan of calligraphy. Okay, now, not Chinese calligraphy, unfortunately. It was, you know, more the English style. And so he showed me a, a um, 
plaque that he had purchased. And on the plaque was 3 John chapter, I mean, uh, verse 4. Could you flash that up? This is what it says. I have no greater joy than this, to hear of my children walking in the truth. Now, wouldn't that be something if that would be our heart's desire? To have no greater joy than to hear my children walking in the truth. And we can, but it's going to take all of us to do it. We can. It'll take all of us to do it. Let's pray. Father, as we come to you in prayer, our hearts are truly burdened and our hearts are truly touched by how you see children. And would it be so marvelous if we see children in the same way that you do? And that we could grasp the fact that you give us children to be a blessing across all generations. It changes the whole scope of what we do. It changes the importance of what we do and hope and dream. So Father, I pray that we as a church will come around these precious families and their children And that, Father, together we will raise a generation of people who will impact the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you, dear Lord, for this magnificent vision and purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. All children, a gift from God, like arrows, need to be worked at shaped, molded, and directed. So let us all rise. Let us offer up our work, our children, to the Lord, the source of all things good, by singing this next song, Before I Knew. Before you, I knew. See my path flow within me. 
now the benediction. Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How searchable are His judgment and how inscrutable His ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who, have been, who has been His counsellor or who has been given a gift to Him that He might be repaid? For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. Amen. Please be seated. After a time of reflection, we will start the town hall in 15 minutes.